Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Roar. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, today we are reviewing Elizabeth Banks' Cocaine Bear, although we might not be as hyped as if you did a line of cocaine. Uh, Eric, how are you today? You got well, the man, bear hat on if people yeah. aren't watching the video. <laughs> I'm ready uh, to go. I'm ready to go. You know what? It's it's one of those things where, you know, the hype for this movie, um, you know, at first was kind of selling you on a very fun kind of, you know, B-level quality, um, you know, event. And watching this movie, I've never been more stone-faced and not stoned uh, in my entire yeah. uh, movie-going life when it comes to genre filmmaking. Yeah, um, doesn't do it doesn't have to do much, but at least be cohesive. Yeah, I, I'm unfortunately uh, with you. I think it, it's always funny to me when this happens, when, you know, a movie we were both moder- moderately excited for, you know, the title alone, Cocaine Bear, uh, produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, directed by Elizabeth Banks. I've liked her, you know, filmography so far. Oh, hit or miss, but I even I like, you know, Charlie's Angels. Um, I... I'm with you a thousand percent. And this happens often, but not super often, where the critical consensus or the consensus from an audience, uh, you know, has been mostly positive, right? But weirdly, me and you, unaffected, you know, by each other's opinions, really, like, I don't care if I agree with you or don't agree with you. But it's weird when we exactly agree on something where everyone else seems to be on the other side of things, where... I'm I'm with you, and I don't know whether that's because of when I saw the movie, who was in the audience. I think all of these can maybe affect your enjoyment of Cocaine Bear, but uh, I unfortunately was also fairly stone-faced throughout. I maybe chuckled once or twice. Um, I feel like my as I get older, and I, if you listen to our Infinity Pool review, um, I'm starting to get like... I, I never used to affect me, but like gore and violence that I just find unnecessary um, is starting to bother me more and more. And I don't like it. I never used to be the case. I am a little bit where I'm just like, I don't understand the enjoyment from it. And, and I said the same thing from in, Infinity Pool where, you know, there's a bunch of sickos out there. I get it. And like, I, I understand that it is for some people. You know, this is a horror comedy and it really leans into the violence and gore. Um, but I just don't find enjoyment in that anymore. And this is coming from a guy who liked the Saw movies and like things like that. But then as the Saw movies went on, I always said this, like the thing I liked the least about the Saw movies is when they got just obscenely gory for what seemingly was for no reason other than just to be gory. And that's kind of, and we've talked about this even in our last of us reviews that, you know, that show is weirdly restrained other than maybe the last action sequence in the last episode when it comes to like violence and gore, there's tons of violence. Um, but the gore factor and the on screen violence, um, is fairly restrained. And we always say like, sometimes, being creative and showing off-screen violence can be more scary or um, disturbing than actually just showing gore. And I think that's my biggest problem with the movie is that like I was just watching fairly good people get mauled by a bear. 
And I wasn't entertained by that. I was just kind of not horrified even, but just like, this isn't fun. That person did nothing wrong. The lovely guy and his wife at the beginning. For, oh, we're going to go full spoilers on this review, everyone, just because <laughs> the movie's been out. The, the movie's been out for a while. There's nothing really to spoil, but like it really, I guess who lives, who dies, that kind of thing. But it doesn't really matter. I don't remember any of the characters for the most part, other than Carrie Russell. I love Carrie Russell. Um, even though in this, she's just, no one has much to do in this. Um, Anyways, I just was showing good people that did nothing wrong just get horribly mauled by a bear. And even if the bear is on cocaine, I'm like, this isn't fun. This is awful. I don't want to see this poor woman get her leg ripped off by a bear and like, or someone's like, sure, the shitty teenagers, the, you know, some people, you know, they do shitty things in the movie. So when the bear mauls them, it's fun. Yay. Um, but I think you're going to get into this too. The movie is just really one note, right? Like for even from the title of the movie, Cocaine Bear, and I tweeted this out, should have been a short for 10, 20 minutes, uh, maybe an anthology series about animals on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> like do on like Fox. a 20 minute, uh, <laughs> um, a 20 minute kind of short film where the joke doesn't you know, by the end of it, you're not sick of it. Right. But this I'm like, oh, okay, the bear eats some cocaine. It does some cocaine. It has this, you know, thirst for cocaine now. And it's just horribly mauling people. And all it wants is some more cocaine. And you have some drug dealers there that are, you know, whatever, there's somewhat of a plot, I guess. Um, but it just kind of repeats itself and repeats itself. And you're like, okay, which way is the bear going to maul this person? And you're like, oh, it's going to be very violent. Uh, okay. And then, I don't know. It just repeats itself over and over again. And I just sat there going, huh, this is it, eh? And I guess I should have known that by a movie that's called Cocaine Bear. But like, there's not a lot of depth there, Eric. There's not a lot, not a lot there. No, and it, it there doesn't need to be a lot of depth. No. But you know, when you one, you are being very generous by saying that this could yeah. work as a short because I don't think it I, can. Yeah. Um and, and it's and it's strange because the Phil Lord and Chris Miller thing of it all. I think is what's throwing me off quite a bit. And, and I'm sure it is with you as well, because those two guys are so good at developing material and shepherding talent and knowing, you know, the, the absurdity of something that might be able to work within the context of a genre or, you know, has more heart in it. And, and this movie, you can see elements of, <clears throat> you know, the the motherhood of the of of the black bear protecting her cubs and then you know Carrie Russell's character trying to find and protect yeah. her daughter um played by Brooklyn Prince of the Florida project and so it's like okay there's there's this thematic through line there and you watch this and the whole time you're thinking the worst part about a movie like this and what it's doing is that it isn't really committing to the bit. It's actually smugly self-aware to the point where you're watching this and it's always basically winking at the camera and playing scenes for laughs or, you know, in on the joke and being like, how ridiculous is this? This is so dumb that we're making this movie about a bear on cocaine. Can you believe it? And you feel that, you know, sense of, you know, conceited 
uh, energy throughout the entire movie. And if it were to just play it straight, you know, completely buy into it and play it like any horror movie of that time period or any animal attacks film, you know, post the birds and jaws that might've elevated the material a little bit, or at least played within the Avenue in which the movie is kind of both mocking and wanting to embrace, you know, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too, in a lot of ways. And when you're watching this thing, you're thinking to yourself, okay, like I've seen this kind of movie before in the sense of like something like Stephen King's, you know, Cujo in that adaptation from the early eighties. But what that movie does so well and it's not a great film but what it does really well is that it sets up the dog as you know this this tragic figure where we see this you know family pet be bit by a bat and become rabid but we also see that you know it was an animal that was loved by somebody you know you spend very little time with the bear. Maybe if you had a scene with the bear and her cubs, and cubs at the beginning, early on yeah. before they were coked up, maybe there would be some sort of connection there. And then I agree, mo- especially sorry to cut you off. Yeah, like no, no, no. Being a being a black bear, which they say black bears are relatively, you know, not violent, and yeah, maybe but they're territorial their cubs. But yes, because protecting their cubs and different things like that. Like I get that stuff, but I agree with you there of if you painted a little bit more of a picture of this bear that didn't necessarily want to hurt people, but when it's hopped up on cocaine, it does is like, I, yeah, it, it is just played through a joke, which I think the joke is beaten to death throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when you're, when you have that as your kind of sort of fulcrum, you're, you're, you're looking at it as like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're playing this movie, you know, as a cartoon to begin with, none of the characters really connect on any emotional level. And you could argue they're not supposed to, but then you have Alden Ehrenreich's character who, you know, is a widower and somebody that's just lost his wife and is dealing with that. And that kind of heaviness tonally doesn't work with what is going on with the kind of, you know, sight gag violence that is being portrayed. And then you think about how that doesn't work with who the character is because you learn that, you know, that character is the son of Ray Liotta and Alden Ehrenreich's character also has a child and he is basically abandoned his, his boy and left him with Ray Liotta. His drug to babysit. Lord father. <laughs> but that doesn't make any sense because that, because the Alden Ehrenreich character wants to get away from his father and away from yeah. the family business. Because as you learn, uh, Ray Liotta's character is this sort of um, gangster who's working with the Colombians. And in the beginning of the movie, you see, uh, <clears throat> Matthew Reese, who plays this corrupt cop, dropping bags of cocaine uh, over Georgia and they land in a national park. And this whole idea of that, this, you know, you, you owe this cartel all this, all this drug money and, you know, they need it or there'll be, you know, consequences to suffer and the, and, and Leota's family specifically will suffer the consequences. So with that, like you're thinking to yourself, okay, like there's a little bit of a plot there, but again, like it doesn't feel earned in terms of any of the emotions there. There are scenes that I think could have been played either rougher or dirtier. There's there, there's 
there was potential in a park restroom that in 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 a movie of this ilk if it was released at the time that it was being made because it takes place in 1985 it would have been grungier and grosser and when you have a a a scene that takes place in a public washroom especially in yeah you know a a a public like like a park or, or something like that you can you you should be able to almost smell what you're seeing and make it so gross. It's not, it's kind of no. blandly played out. The action, um, I think suffers quite a bit because of the CGI and the motion capture of and, the bear of yeah. the bear. And the movie was shot in Ireland, which is kind of interesting, I guess, but even the look of the movie doesn't match that kind of time. It's period kind of too muddy like as it, well. Like it's dark looking and, and it's, it's hard weirdly to see clear, but also dark digital yeah. and dark, which is weird. Like you'd want this to have that kind of grindhousey kind of film grainy kind of look, right? Like that's kind of what I would have liked to see from this movie when it feels weirdly muddy yet glossy. Like that's this weird digital look that is both, clean and dirty at the same time but not in the dirty way that you want it to look right like it, yeah it's like a faux strange. like a faux grain like even something yeah, like even you, you, like hobo with a shotgun i think hobo yeah. with the shotguns the movie that kind of plays it both you know jason eiser's movie plays it both like you know realistic to what those movies were but is able to bring it into a contemporary fold and so we're watching this movie as a kind of throwback, but at the same time, it doesn't really learn any of the lessons, you know, it, that those movies were. It's kind of condescending to those films in a way. Like if this was a film that kind of did the the a lot of like 80s, you know, animals attack films will have, especially when it came to bears, will have a real bear, but it won't be really anywhere near the actor, but the cutting, which is very clumsy you know you'll have the the shot of the bear comedic moments the shot of the person screaming but the bear it seems like is in a different room entirely and then you'll have human hands but in like a bear suit mold that's what they and you that would be funny phil lord and chris miller like i know they're just producers on this it's elizabeth banks's movie but like them all working together like there could have been some comedic things if you tried to take some of those learnings from those movies and make a modern version of that instead they made a modern film that takes a little bit from those movies, but still feels like this generic 2023 horror comedy movie. Like I agree with you. There could have been some creative things with editing and yeah, at least use a real bear at some point and like, or, um, or have, or, or really kind of play up the joke of like, you know, we're not going to use modern technology at all. And, you know, we're yeah. going to be animatronic um, or a guy in a bear suit. <laughs> yeah. If it was Conan O'Brien's <laughs> masturbating bear. Yeah. You know, running around with like Coke on its nose and, and like make it absurd. Right. Funny. Instead of yeah. they do weirdly try to play it straight, but not to the point where you're saying like a Jaws or a Cujo or 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 something like that. Like they play it straight, but in that generic straight if that makes sense like it's not they it's almost like you needed to pick a lane and go other than the winking at the camera being like it's a bear on cocaine and that being your joke the whole time is like pick a lane and go absolutely fucking absurd or absolutely horrifying like this is a bear on cocaine and it's going to kill everyone and i feel like they weirdly play it in the middle to the point where when you don't pick a lane 
it's like this movie's absurd, huh? And then you're like, well, not really. <laughs> you're like, it, I guess, like it's a bear on cocaine, but like fairly straightforward. There's a lot of violence, but like, okay. Um, where I just feel like you needed to pick one of those lanes, like play it straight. This is fucking horrifying, or all the way on the other side. This is absurd. Let's use the wackiest special effects or practical effects and give it that digital grain and just kind of make it like a, it, it would fit in a, you know, the Tarantino and grindhouse trailer kind of thing. Right. Like, I don't know. Like it for me, weirdly, I sat there emotionless throughout the whole thing where I'm just like, I don't care about any of these people. Um, I'm still weirdly going, they don't deserve to be mauled on screen like this horrifying deaths. Um, but then if you're going to do that, yeah, just, just pick a, pick a lane. Come on. I mean, I like seeing Ray Liotta again for like one final time and you know, he's doing his Ray Liotta thing and he's perfect at it. It's just like, I like Carrie Russell. I like O'Shea Jackson Jr. I like Alden Ehrenreich. Like I, um, you know, I loved Brooklyn Prince in, uh, in Florida project and I didn't even realize it was her until like halfway through. And then I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, it's just like I, Margot Martindale's great. But like when it, I just, I don't Character know, like actor Margot Martindale. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I like her in something a little bit more zany like this, but I don't know, man. It's just not that I had super high expectations. I didn't need a lot from a movie called Cocaine Bear, but I just I needed a little bit more than this. It's just like people saying how crazy it is. I'm like, is it? I don't know. I think it's just because they're telling you it is. I'm like it's they everyone keeps saying it's so crazy. It's a bear on cocaine. It's like. I don't know if this was just called bear or like, um, and you took the cocaine away from it is like, if it was about a grizzly bear, let's say that. Okay. And grizzly bears, you know, do attack people like more frequently, still not very frequent. Right. But like, well, there's a monster you, movie called grizzly. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And, and, but if you took this movie, took the cocaine out of it and then people would be like, well, that's the point of the movie. It's like, I, I, I guess, but like, it's just a means to get the bear to attack people. It's just like it it's not anything more than that. So if you just made this movie about a grizzly bear in this forest that was attacking some children and 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 you know take even if they're still drug dealers trying to find cocaine but the bear doesn't do cocaine and it's just a grizzly bear. It's just like is there's nothing there. It's just like no. I don't know. And then I don't know. I was just really like, "Huh, okay." Um I'll never think of this movie again and I'll never really want to ever watch it again. So, um, and that's fine if it was entertaining, but I just did not find it entertaining at all. So yeah, the high that I wanted from this movie was the same high that I got from Megan. Megan's not yeah. a great movie, but it has so much fun, but it's also it's silliness. Yeah. But it's also playing it straight. Like, I think like yeah. it's treating the material with a sense, not that it's, it's like, Oh, you know, this is great, you know, you know, horror material or anything, but it's the, the, the performances, the acting are playing it in a way that is tonally, you know, completely, you know, treating that material sincerely. And when you're watching it, that's what makes it funny because everybody is treating the Megan doll 
you know, like a, like a threat and, yeah, you know, yeah. humor comes from that. I think if like that they... scene with the police officer in Megan, right. Oh, it's amazing. Funny. Yeah. Where you don't really get that here. Or even when, you know, the, 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 the kid is opening those collector toys, like, ju- like things like that, where it's not supposed yeah. to be funny, but it plays funny because it's, 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 you can see how, serious Allison Williams' character is like, oh, I don't really want you to play with this, but I have to but you I know, will, appease the, the, the psychologist <laughs> or social worker. And so things like that really have a, a, an impact on how the tone of this movie works. Um, the best version of this specific subgenre recently um, is honestly... Alexander Aja's Piranha 3D and his Crawl, where both of those movies, Piranha 3D is a horror comedy. And I mean, even the original Joe Dante one did the same thing where it's like, it's ridiculous, but it's still playing it with the same sincerity that Jaws would have, where it's like, you know, you have a group of people having to fend off, you know, this small coastal town against Piranha. (laughs) <laughs> it's so yeah. silly but it works yeah. because the gore is is over the top but the performances and the filmmaking they do but they also respect it and they also yeah, still no, play it as a threat but it's still very silly and then with crawl crawl is more it isn't as funny but you still get the sense of of the 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 fear and being in such a tight claustrophobic area and And i think you you, with that and you cheer for the character the lead um in that movie to kind of overcome the the crocodile right or alligator yeah um and i feel like in this i'm never cheering for i guess you're supposed to maybe cheer for the cocaine bear but i don't because they're good people so then i guess you're cheering against the the bad drug dealer right? Ray Liotta. Um, but even then, like sure, Carrie Russell trying to find her daughter and, and, and things like that. I guess you're, you're cheering for that, but I'm never once being like, yeah, overcome the cocaine bear. <laughs> it's just like, I didn't even know what, who the movie wanted me to root for. And I feel well, like there's no development there. Yeah. That's the, that's, yeah. that's a big problem because all you're doing is seeing Carrie Russell, Ray Liotta, Alden Ehrenreich, O'Shea Jackson Jr., et cetera, et cetera. You, you don't know who the characters' names are. You don't have any inkling as to, you know, what their goals are other than to just survive this circumstance in this situation. But there's more development, weirdly, in slasher films where teenagers get killed off because at least with some of those movies – there is a kind of sense of, okay, you're playing, you know, the bully and you're playing the good girl and you're playing, you know, um, the, the, the camp counselor, you know, there there's, and, and they're being played by actors that I, I, for the most part, you've never seen before. It's their first role. And so I, I, I think casting bigger names in these parts kind of also, it does it a disservice because you're just projecting on like, Oh, this yeah. is this person kind of again mugging for the camera in a way that feels cheap. Here's Jesse Tyler Ferguson in in a was in a, a bad wig did he, and like in, uh, in, in or did a, he yeah. just I don't know like or maybe he gained weight for it but like I I 
I don't know. It's just like, yeah, a bad wig and or you have, you know, oh, it's the guy from Force Majeure and 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 uh, you know, Fate of the Furious and um Game of Thrones. Like, and yeah. In Game of Thrones, you're like, I, I love that guy. And then you're just, I don't know, you're distracted. I, I agree. I don't know. It you know, sometimes it doesn't work, Eric, and that's fine. Yeah. Um I'm gonna give the film a two out of five. Uh, that's being somewhat generous, but I did laugh a few times, but I can't even remember the jokes that I laughed at. There was only like once or twice where I audibly like laughed at something. So I'll give it credit for that. Um, but, and I guess maybe for the 95 minute runtime, but two out of five for me. (laughs) Uh, I'll also give it a two out of five and I'll sum this up by saying, a conceited creature feature blows its high concept on cheap laughs and mayhem. It's barely a movie. <laughs> there you go. Heard it here and probably not first, but you heard it here. Um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Please go check out our other shows. Uh, maybe you want more reviews, which you can get right here on untitled movie reviews or on youtube.com slash untitled movie podcast i think is the url because it changed with everything um but we have a review out for uh ant-man and the wasp quantum mania it's spoiler free but you if you've seen the movie you'll know some of the things we're talking about we have all of our sundance reviews which you guys can go back and listen to uh over on untitled movie podcast we have an episode where we talk about our um our thoughts on all the trailers from the uh, the big game. Um, our newest episode, episode 145, will be dealing with, not dealing with, but talking about my trip to uh, We're Florida. We're going to deal with it finally. To, uh, we're going to deal with Walt Disney World and Universal Studios Orlando, uh, where I'm going to kind of uh, go over my family trip where we went to Walt Disney World and Universal Studios Orlando. going to rank the rides that we went on from the Rohrbeck family. It was a consensus through all of us. Um, that'll be fun so i'll talk about all that as well as what eric and i have been watching and different things so that should be up soon episode 145 um over on untitled movie podcast and then our third show called the cast of us which is a hbo the last of us after show uh we do have uh episode six and five's breakdowns down we were a little late on five so you can get episodes five and six where we break down recap review uh the latest episode of the last of us we'll be back uh tonight uh for episode seven uh, which is uh, left behind. So that'll be available at 10 p.m. Eastern every Sunday for the last couple episodes of The Last of Us. And then maybe more after that. We'll see. And we'll be back for season two for sure. So uh, all of that stuff you can find at our one-stop shop, which is over on Letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. That's probably your easiest spot. Or like I said, podcast services or YouTube. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Martin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Cocaine is a hell of a drug.